Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to the Stuff About Money podcast. This is Eric, and y'all, I almost had to fly solo today. Xavier is out. It has been, man, it has been insane around here. I don't think it's just my story. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this story, but it has been, it is insainely busy from, um, now I was, last month I went out of town on a conference and anytime I'm out, it creates more busyness. And I come back with COVID, so that, you know, put me out for a little while. And then Xavier and I both had jury duty at the same time. He's still serving. As a matter of fact, I, I did my time, got selected for a jury. So that was, uh, I mean, those were, man, those were grind long days. I'm back in the office and it occurred to me, my podcast producer saying, hey, we need a next episode. And I didn't realize that time had gone by so much. So here, here I am recording, almost had to fly solo and I didn't want to sit here and talk to you all alone. So um, I was thinking who would be a good person to get on the show with me. So I reached out to my buddy, Mitch Gibson, and he must have nothing better going on because he's like, yeah, dude, I can do it. Mitch, what's up? What's going on, Eric? And uh, yeah, dude, I always, any, anybody that I have grown to have a pretty close relationship with, if they like, hey, dude, let's hop on and talk or let's do this, I'm going to do it. I mean, it's, it's, you take care of the people that have taken care of you and it's the least I can do is hop on a mic for 30 minutes, you know, I'm in. Come on. Yeah. He just, he dropped everything. He's like, whatever you need, Eric. No. So, so, so quick context, Mitch, Mitch is a fellow podcaster. Um, he podcasts to his audience are young insurance agents. That is not me. I am I am too old to listen to his podcasts. But he, he podcasts young insurance agents. We have some crossover. A lot of you know that I work with a lot with insurance agencies. My my family background is in the insurance space. That's how Mitch and I actually met. We we're we're part of a of a of a mastermind group together. And in fact, we were at that conference back in. Uh, in what was last January, month, April together, April. Oh my gosh, we're in January. We in January too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I yeah. first met you. Yeah, we, yeah. We had known each other from a distance, but we we like. I'll be honest with you. We're in the hotel lobby, and you see me, and you're like, "Eric, what's up?" And you come up, and I'm like, I, "That guy looks familiar to me, but I don't know that I've ever met him." I turned. I think I turned to Scott. I'm How? Like, Scott, who's that guy? He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He goes, that's Mitch." I'm like, "Oh, that's Mitch." <laughs> so you know, we 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 become uh, fast friends. But Mitch, I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be here all, all alone talking and people don't want to hear me talk. So I called you because I think you're, you're a good conversationalist. You have no idea. You have zero idea what I'm going to talk about. I have zero idea. I promise you. Zero idea. So I've been, th- I've been thinking a lot about in, in, in the midst of all this busyness of being out of the office and being for, for various reasons, this idea of margin, building margin in my schedule, that's, that's a philosophy that I try to live by. So basically what I, what I mean by that is 
building free time in my schedule, not to overload myself to have time for these you know, things that, that come up, these contingencies. And right now I'm, I'm feeling that I have very little margin right right now, having been out of the uh, the office. So like, so like, think of like this idea of margin. This is how I think about it. Like, you know, if you're if you're if you're um, typing something in Word or on Google Docs, right? You have to print it, and like, it doesn't. You have too many words; they don't fit on the page. You can adjust the margins. That white space around the edges. Right, so like if you're if you have a an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, you're really not writing on an eight and a half eleven by eleven piece of paper. If you have an inch margin, there, there's that white space. It's the edges. It's that space around the edges, and I, that's how I think about my time. I want to keep space around the edges, and we're, we're not talking about time margin or, or margin in life in this podcast. I want to talk about financial margin, but real quick, I'll. I'll I'm curious when you think of this idea of, of margin and time, Mitch. Like, what do, what do you what are your thoughts? That it should be something that you think about every single day, um, and and preparing for maybe your upcoming weeks, months, years, quarters, whatever it might be, long term as well. Because I struggled a lot, believe it or not, with time management bad, and it wasn't necessarily of getting things done and like having enough time to do it. It was I was doing everything so fast and so rushed that I was giving I was I was giving myself a more wide variety of margin of failure or mess, missing something or messing up right I'm very fast and going so for me um, having having buffers in between meetings or appointments or you know knowing that I'm going to give myself some preparation so I'm not rushed and I have that breath of fresh air that deep breath prior yeah. to starting the show does that make sense and, 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 yeah, no, you know, the, 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 I mean, you're giving some really good hacks to, to kind of build margin, like have buffer at time. So let me read this to you. Let me get your thoughts. Let me get your thoughts on this. It says margin. And this is, I haven't read this book. I don't even know the name of this book. I found this, this online and it, and it spoke to me. It said margin is the space between our load and our limits. It is the amount allowed beyond that, which is needed. Right. So in the context that I was talking about earlier in, in a document, it's the edges. I don't need the edges. That's, that's beyond what is needed. It's, it is something held in reserve for contingencies or unanticipated situations. Margin is a gap between rest and exhaustion, the space between breathing freely and suffocating. I didn't even know that definition, and I kind of sounded halfway smart there. <laughs> Did, what, what you said? Yeah, was it the breathing and the giving yourself no, that yeah, space. Yeah. And yeah. You the nailed, true word you of buffer. It. Wow, I feel, like, I feel smart today. Yeah, yeah. So it it goes on. Margin. This is this is where I think I want I want to capture really quick, particularly you know we're, for for my business out for my business owners out there, uh, listening. You know, we, we the entrepreneurs we tend to be type A, always go. We 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 want to be successful. We're, we're trying to we're we're, we're we want to accomplish stuff. Listen to what he says. He says margin is the opposite of overload. If we are overloaded, we have no margin. Most people are not quite sure when they pass from margin to overload. Threshold points are not easily measurable and are also different for people, different in different circumstances. We don't want to be underachievers, so we fill our schedules uncritically. Options are as attractive as they are numerous, and we overbook. So you, you I mean, you gave some really good examples like, like kind of hacks of building margin, create buffers, create time, prioritize, look at your schedule. You know, um, here, here's though what I want to talk about today and, and this idea of margin with your time leads right into it. I want to talk about financial margin. 
So this is something that I think about often and talk about. And I've never really, um, I don't know where I, I don't know where I came across it. I think I came across it just, just kind of drawn this analogy between time margin to financial margin. And, and for those of you who are financial people, I'm not talking about profit margin. You know, the, the difference between you know your revenue revenues and expenses. I'm not talking about um, invested investment margin, the, the money that you borrow against or or you borrow from a broker to go buy stocks. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the same context as this as this definition here, that space between load and limits, the amount allowed beyond that which is needed. It's building financial margin in our life. So we don't find ourselves in a situation where we're overloaded financially. We, we don't find ourselves in a financial bind. There's some crazy statistic out there that, oh man, like uh, most Americans, the 46% of Americans are one paycheck away from going into debt. That, that, I believe that's it. That's insane. That's crazy. So margin. Margin is something, and I'm, I'm continuing to read here. Margin is not something that just happens. You have to fight for it. So whether we're talking about margin in our margin in our time or far, or financial margin, it's not something that just happens. It's something that we have to fight for. So if you think about it in the context of fighting for something, there's you have to be proactive. So I want to talk about three ways to build financial margin in your life. What do you think about that? I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this this first way, it's kind of like my least favorite, but there's an element of it that's my favorite. All right, I'm just kind of laying that out. It's have access to debt, right? So so debt is kind of like the antithesis of building wealth. And, and really, this idea of building, of, of, of creating margin, part of it is to, um, the, the, the more successful we are at building wealth, the more margin we have in our life, as, as we're going to talk about here. And, and debt tends to be the antithesis of 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 wealth. But I always remember growing up, my dad always told me, he goes, son, take really good care of your credit. You know, you need to have good credit so you have access to debt if you ever need it. Right? You, know, you ever talk to someone who who's like trying to get a loan because they're running out of money and they're like, bro, it's too late. Like <laughs> your, your credit's shot and you need banks banks don't lend people who are hard up for money. <laughs> Because they got that, they got in a situation in the first place from some from something. Yeah. So how do you have how do you how do you have access to debt? Number one, in this idea of creating financial margin, is if you have debt, if you're paying off debt, you're creating more space to take on more debt in the future if you need to. So if something bad happens, whether you know you need you need quick access to cash, and you don't have savings, you can maybe get a home equity line of credit or a business line of credit, right? So. So payoff debt, um, less debt you have, more likely you're able to, to get credit extended to you if, if you need it, right? If I, if I pay off my house and I need money, it's like more likely I can get access to my, to my home equity line. So you see the, my favorite part is this idea. I don't like debt. So pay it off. Um, and the part that I don't like is, you know, if we can avoid debt, we should, we should avoid debt. I mean, if if you're paying somebody I mean, there's a cost to debt sure so so number one way of creating financial margin is have access to debt pay off debt what are your thoughts anything you want to add to that man 
And I know you're not uh, a financial guy. So for the no, record, but I, Mitch but Gibson I, is not a financial no, guy. No, don't call me and ask me because that's not me. Um, but I think that's a good, like looking at a young person's perspective, I think it's a great way to put it because it is hammered in our heads a lot. I think growing up and I, you know, this all goes back to, I think they should eliminate certain classes in school and teach more things like we, you know, learn as adults, maybe a little yeah. bit too late. Maybe that's more, you know, we're talking here in the financial standpoint. Um, because of the, the way I've always, you know, was always perceived was try not to have any debt. Don't ever get a credit card. Don't ever, you know. Mm-hmm. But then as you get older and you need that stuff in order to be able to go get a loan for a house or a mortgage for a house or a loan for a vehicle and you don't have any debt or you've never grown, made any, you know, contributions to show some type of, of credit, you, you're you're kind of shit out of luck. You better so find somebody that can help. Yeah. That's interesting. You're you're actually coming at it from a different perspective. Uh, like you were taught, I mean, pretty. That's pretty sound advice. Like, don't get a credit card. Why? There's there's a reason. Probably, you know, I'm assuming parents taught you that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go school. There's blow a it, reason. You know, credit card's going to get you in trouble. Right. Credit card debt. Credit card debt's the, the freaking worst, man. You go buy. I'm going to go buy a. I don't know a TV from Best Buy for a thousand dollars and pay for it over five years. A thousand dollar TV that was on sale is a really good deal though. Man, it was Black Friday. It was just a great deal. Like it cost three thousand dollars for that damn TV because you 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 you're paying the minimum on it. It's a terrible deal. This credit card debt's terrible. So like, you seem to have gotten pretty good advice. But what you're saying is, you got to establish credit at some point for a young person. I got to establish credit. How do you do that? Get a credit card. Maybe you have to get a cosigner, right? You might, whatever. Sure. Yeah, I've got an eighteen-year-old right now. And that's what we're we're dealing with right now, dude. You could almost be my kid. <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> Holy smokes! I know. Holy no, smokes! We're not going to go right. there. We're not going to go there. <laughs> All right. Ways to create financial margin. So here's the second way. Man, this sounds so. So simple. So simple. All right, you ready for this one? Ready. Spend less than you earn. Right? So here's here's the thing. If you have a household income of $10,000 and it costs you $10,000 to live, to fund your lifestyle, and something happens, right? The, I don't know, it doesn't, does it get real hot where you live? I live Let's in just New say Orleans, water. Man. Let's just say water here when it goes out. Water AC in New Orleans in August goes out. Your water heater goes out, and all of a sudden you need a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, three thousand bucks. Your transmission goes out in your car, and it costs you ten thousand dollars to live, and you only make ten thousand dollars. That you don't have much. You don't have much margin there, but if you spend less than you make, you got a little extra scratch, man. At the end of the month, you got something. You got you know we call that. Uh, some people call it discretionary income. For some reason, an early mentor of mine, he, he calls it free cash flow, and that's a business term. And, and free cash flow is basically after you're done paying everything that needs to be paid, absolutely needs to be paid, how much do you have extra? How much do you have left over? Right. So if it gets bad, it hits the fan, and you need some money real fast, and you have an extra $2,000 a month of, of discretionary income or free cash... And you got a little bit, you got a little bit of financial margin, right? It's going to take something big to put you out. So spend less. My dad used to say, uh, people have heard me say it. Um, I've had him on the podcast a couple times, and he says it every time. He says, "Son, if you make, <laughs> I got to do my dad. Son, 
son, if you earn five dollars, he, he doesn't sound he doesn't sound like that at all because he's got an accent. But anyway, that's all. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not gonna do the accent here. He goes, son, if you make five dollars, spend three, save two. Right, spend three, save two. Right, that 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 creates financial margin. So number one, and if you want to add something, man, feel free to jump in, dude. Don't just uh. Oh, it's it's Don't okay. Just, I, I'm sure I will hear in a minute, anyways. Okay, I've, right. I've, so, I've, I've so got some some internal thoughts here. All right, uh, you process. I'll, I'll let him spill here in a second. Okay, all right. So we're paying off debt, creating access to debt if we need it. We're spending less than we earn to free up some income, and the third way is to build up your savings. Right. If I've got if I've got a big savings account, I've got a ton of financial margin in my life. The only way to really build up savings, this is kind of tied to number two. The only way to build up your savings is to spend less than you earn so you have something to save. Now, let me talk about three types of savings that I think you need to build up, okay? Number one, it's your oh crap account, right? That's your emergency fund. Oh crap, the water heater went out. Where am I going to get my money from? I don't, where am I going to get? That's your emergency fund. You know, you don't, want to have that invested, right? Because like, what if your emergency funds in the stock market and <laughs> it's been a pretty rough year in the stock market. That's part of the reason why it's been so busy around here. Been a pretty rough year in the stock market. Market's down and you're like, ah, I need money to fix my water heater, but all my money's in the market. I really don't want to sell anything right now because it's just down and I don't want to actually, I don't want to realize that 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 loss. So your emergency fund should be like in cash type stuff, savings account, something like, you can to access. Like, to like where you feel guilty getting it? Like you've kind of got that. Is that what you mean by that? You see what I'm saying? Well, if it's in the market and you have to sell when it's down, like that's just a terrible feeling. But in general, you, you right. need access, if you need access to your money quick, having it in a savings account makes it easy to access. Sure, sure. Right, you don't have to sell anything. You don't have to deal with the emotions of, ah, I really don't want to sell anything right now because the market's down or... Gosh, I really don't want to take my money out the market right now because it's doing well. It's just there, right? I don't, I don't want to have any of those thoughts. Any of those, it's just. So I got my emergency fund, my oh crap account. You know, your your personal finances determine how much you need in that account. But the point is, that's one place you're going to save money. All right. The, the second place to build financial margin is in a retirement account. Here's the problem, though. How old are you? Twenty six. Twenty. You're twenty six. Yes, sir. So if you and I, yes, sir, <laughs> you don't have to call me sir. <laughs> yes, son. Son. <laughs> son. <laughs> All right. You're 26, dude. Like if I sit here across from you and I'm like, <clears throat> Mitch, in about uh, 40 years, son, you're going to retire. <laughs> 40 years. Dude, that's almost like twice your age. Like I just lost you in 40 years. <laughs> But there's a reality that, that sure. right? You're, you're like, dude, yeah, golly, man. That's all. I mean, financial advisors, that's all we talk about, retirement. You're going to retire one day. Mitch and, and young Mitch is going to have to pay for old Mitch. And where, where's old Mitch going to get that money from? Young Mitch, right? He's going to get Bingo. it from young working Mitch, young successful working Mitch. You better start sending money. And there's some, tr- um, there's truth to that, <laughs> right? A lot of truth to it if you're looking at the right there's way. There's a ton of truth. Retirement accounts, there's incentives to putting money in retirement accounts. There's tax incentives for it. 
Um, depending on the account, you might get a deduction from your current income. You're going to get tax deferred growth, or you might get tax-free use of that money in retirement later on. So that, that's a place that you you obviously want to start funding. Being as young as you are, you know that account has a long time to grow. Mm-hmm. And the most powerful weapon that you have in, in, in growing assets is time, right? So the sooner you get money invested, the more time it has to grow. That compounding interest really starts to really starts to take effect. Uh, so we got emergency funds for your emergencies, retirement funds. That's for old Mitch, okay? Right. But maybe one of my more, my, my most fun, is that my most fun type more, of accounts? Most thunder. Most thunder? Exciting? Funner, yeah. Funner? My, my most funner type of account. The accounts that really excite me. I call it an independence account or your freedom account. All right, that's just that's just my word. That, that, that's not technical. You're not going to find that in IRS codes or in, in any in any financial textbook anywhere. But this is where I think you really start to build wealth and financial margin. Because because here's the thing: if you build wealth and you have wealth, and and there's a difference between wealth and income, right? Income is what you get paid to do what you do. You go out, you work, you get paid. That's your income. You could be rich, you can have a lot of income, but you might not have any wealth. You know. Um, Wealth, that's 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 assets. That's like when it's all said and done, I have I have all this extra stuff, this this the, these assets. It could be cash, it could be a business, it could be property. But that that's that's what we want to do. We want to build wealth because what wealth does is wealth creates a ton of financial margin because it gives us freedom over our time. If you woke up every year and you knew that because you have these assets or you've built this wealth. And you woke up at the beginning of the year, and you know that the wealth that you built is going to generate fifty thousand dollars a year for you, just because it's working for you, right? Your money is working for you. Your wealth is working for you, creating cash for you. Do you spend your time a little bit differently? Pro- probably. 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 You're probably going to pursue the things that you enjoy to do the most, right? In your business, you might. You might be saying, look, I got an extra $50,000 coming in because I've been disciplined and built this wealth in this account, and it's generating this cash for me. So like, you know what? I'm going to hire somebody in my business to do the things that I just don't enjoy doing that's going to free me up, free me up, right? Margin. You know, just to reiterate this, because I'm assuming that's what you meant by saying that, but the one thing that you didn't say was taking that $50,000 because cash flow is looking nice, and putting it right in his pocket. He went to putting it towards something that's going to allow his business to still continue to generate that revenue or that cash flow in a sense. But he's also yeah. the most important piece is the time of that freedom, the time yeah. to be able so, to do the so, things So I might love. be able to go hire someone for half of that money. I can go hire Correct. someone part-time. So now I've got... I've got uh, but I, the point is that I'm free. I have the opportunity to do that. So what is this independence account? This independence account, it's not your emergency fund. It's not just sitting in, in the bank earning, I don't know, you're, you're probably paying the bank. Well, actually, these days it's probably, it's going up because interest rates are going up. You get a little bit more, just, just money sitting in the bank. But the point is, it's not going to keep up with inflation, right? It's boring. That's, that's money for emergencies. Your retirement account, that's got some strings attached to it, right? Because the government's incentivizing you, so they're going to attach some strings to it. Mitch, if you take this money out before age 59 and a half, how, 59 and a half, that's a long time for you, dude. Don't even talk like, about your that. Your money's tied up. It is tied up. It is held captive for 20, some, almost 30 years. 25 no. years. 
24 years, 28 years, 26, no, 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 30, 33 years. Yeah, you're right. 33 years, dude. You drop money in retirement, 33 years. I'm not saying don't put money in a retirement account. You need to, but like 33 years, your money's tied up. So if you like, if you wanted some, some, some freedom of your time and all your money's in a retirement account, you can't access it. So this independence account, it's money that you have access to that's growing, but it's not tied up in a retirement account. So I've got, I've got, um, I've got, uh, chickens in my backyard. I think we, have we talked? Yeah, we've talked about it because you have goats. goats. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. You got goats. So, so you're, you're going to get this. I've got chickens in my backyard, man. Like I go, I can go out there theoretically. I mean, they get old and they, they stop laying eggs, but I can go out there every morning and get eggs from my chickens. It's a beautiful thing. Always at breakfast. And the best, and the best eggs. Oh, dude, they're delicious. You can eat. They're delicious. Um, the more chickens I have, the more eggs I'll have for breakfast, right? So, so think of like, think of that independence account as those are your chickens, right? The more chickens I have, the bigger my flock of chickens, the more eggs, which is your cash that it could, or the, or the, the return that that has the potential to generate for you. Man, so if I can build up an account that has the ability to generate all these eggs, all this cash for me, that to me is the definition of financial margin. I just but good. I said I just learned one more thing that I didn't know about financial stuff today. Oh, I thought you were gonna say learned about chickens. No, I knew that about chickens. My my parents used to have chickens until they started getting. You're from the egg, country, huh? Egg like, by the by the uh, hawks. <laughs> you're from the country. Well, you're gonna, right? you got, there's nothing I but am, land around you. That's literally it. Cornfields. <laughs> so remember, margin is not something that just happens. You have to fight for it. That's true of our time, and that's true of our money. Like you're not just gonna wake up with financial margin. You're not just going to wake up having financial wealth. It's something that you have to fight for. And you opened, I mean, perfectly by saying this idea of planning out, prioritizing, looking ahead for the quarter, for the month, for the year or month, quarter, year. There's some intentionality that's fighting for it. So here's why it's important to build financial margin in your life. One, you are going to get older. You know, you might not want to. Right now, you have the energy and the grind. You're going to grind it out, and you're going to you're going to build Mitch Gibson Empire. This kid's going some places, people. He's going places. I hope right? so. It's a goal. But it's going to get to a point where, like, man, I'm tired of grinding it out. Maybe, maybe I just want to focus on the things that are super important to me. And, and I think that's that's pretty typical. And as as we as we age, I remember as when I was a young when I was a young advisor. I would meet these guys that were probably my age and a little bit older, and and they would tell me like the stuff that they focus on, and I'm like, you don't do this, you pay someone to do that, like dude, like why would you even do that? It's really easy to do, and I had like all this energy, and I would I could do everything on my own. Then I realized one day like I don't, I don't want to do this part of the business. I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy this part of the business. I want to give it to somebody else. Um, but I I built financial margin into my business. 
that free cash flow to say, you know what, I have the, the margin to, in the business sense, specific to business, hire someone to do these tasks. I can sacrifice some money because I have the margin to hire someone to do these things that I don't enjoy to do the things that I enjoy. And man, when I'm doing things that I enjoy, guess what happens? Business grows. So I, and, I would say. And life is a hell of a lot happier. Oh, a ton happier. Hey, look, I think, you, that's, I think if I could, and if the reason why I'm saying the happier piece is because I truly, especially if, I'm going to speak to the young people for a second, younger agents. And like I said, I'm not, I'm probably going to use a lot of relatable terms on the insurance side or sports side here, nothing to do with financial. But um, as a young agent, I was told, and I'm glad I was told this, I was told to give it three years. Give the industry three years and then decide if it's what you like. And if, if you don't like it, try something different within it or get out and do something else, right? Well, the reason why those three years or they say that and why they think they're so miserable, and it might have been different for me having young kids, a seven-year-old and a three-year-old now. So being 21, 22 years old and having a couple of kids, the, 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 no matter how much money you make, those margins are going to be a lot more slim. Mm -hmm. as you continue to evolve as an agent. I'm getting to the point now where that where I'm finally seeing that return on investment, but yeah. it was the constant thought in my mind of being very impatient and understanding to trust the process of what what the insurance, what my book of business is going to continuously do for me day in and day out moving forward. It's going to take a, take a little bit yeah. to build that, right? But once you do, you're... It, it, it relieves the, it doesn't relieve the stress, I would say, but it, it, it makes you relieve that tick off of your back because you then feel happy because you've done nothing but bust your butt and you're seeing the ROI on a financial standpoint. Yeah. That people are very, way too impatient and get into it for a year and then dip out because they don't give it. it don't that's give true. It yeah, that's true. And, and for, for people listening who, 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 who are like, well, what's what's Mitch talking about? Mitch like talking in the about, insurance yeah. in the insurance space, but like any business, right? If you if you start right. any business, like you're gonna have to grind, you have to pay your dues. You're gonna have to grind it out. Like you can even not even start a business. You can just be a regular, you know, W two employee working at a place, and you want to move up. You still right. got to walk in it, and you still got to pay your dues. Um, but I think what you're talking about is is kind of from the business standpoint is for the business owners and entrepreneurs, your margin is real slim. You got to grind it out. And that, that's part of it. You know, sometimes you have to put the time in, right? Like right now, <laughs> right now, I have very little margin in my time. I got to put the time in. Same, right. Um, but when you're intentional and you fight for it, and I think part of this is a mindset, especially for the younger people out there or, or the people who are like, maybe you're not younger. Maybe you're like me. You know, I never really took time to build this idea of financial margin. Like I'm it's tight. I don't have much in savings. I have debt. I, you know, I'm, I'm spending as much as I earn. Like it, it's a mindset. It starts with, Hey, I've got to start thinking a certain way. And then once you start thinking a certain, a certain way, your actions, it's a lot easier for your actions to follow and to have long-term lasting impact. You, you can grind it out. You can do anything for a short period of time. Right. Um, but if you change your mindset, then you could do something for a long time, if that I would makes agree. sense. It's, what, it's like, what if? What, what would you say? Like, 
So if you had the option, so for example, I know depending on how insurance agencies structure themselves or even other businesses mm-hmm. structure themselves, say the, your business is going to pay for a 401k. It's going to contribute to that mm-hmm. 401k. They're going to match match it up to the limit and, you know, it's a, it's a good deal, whatever it might be. That was the first thing I did here and continue to con- continue to do that. Would you say for someone just starting out in a career that, and it may be a trick question, is that more of a I know where importance? You're is that more of an importance to do that or have a savings account? To take, oh, so instead of getting that extra $75, $75 out of my check and putting it towards that yeah, or my yeah. 125 take that 125 put it somewhere else and take half of that. Is there What would you suggest for someone that's, you know, where they can establish the retirement piece but yeah. also have that, um, would you call them your, your what clients? My, my what clients? You called them something specific. You have the, your independent your independent what? Planning clients? No, you were just talking about it a minute ago. Uh, whatever whatever man. it was. Rewind the tape. Um, it it, it oh, would no, have I been. Don't know. Um, investment? An investment client? I don't know. I don't know. No. But, but I, see, I, I know what your question is. So like I'm young. I'm starting off. Whether you own your own business or you're working for a company and there's a 401k, is it better for me to put money away for the old Mitch or the old person that I'm going to be? Or should I use that money to do something else right now? Save, build up a savings account, build up emergency account. There is a reason personal finances is called personal because I think everyone's situation is going to be different. Uh, I will say this though, as a general rule of thumb, if there is a match, take the free money. Take the free money. If some, if, if an employer is willing to match you 3% of your salary, and you put 3% in, they give you 3%. Like That is really the only investment that I can sit here and look you in the eye and say, Mitch, your money will double overnight. If you put 3%, you're going to have 3% by your employer. You literally doubled your money. So yeah, if, there's, if, there's a match, if there's a match, take the match. Okay. Now, do you have a lot of debt? How? What are your interest rates on the sure. debt? Do you have money available in the event of an emergency? Maybe, maybe there's a, a maybe your financial plan is you're doing a little bit, of it, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and there's a point in time where you start doing more of this and less of that. Um, but generally speaking, to your question, if someone's giving you free money, man, take it, take the free money, take the free money, a hundred percent. Good. Okay. I, th- so, I figured that was where you're going. I just, I, I mean, and just in general, I mean, you hear, you hear something from this guy, you hear something from that guy, you hear something from this gal, you know, whoever it, whoever it is, and you almost have that conception of, you know, well, should I do what that person's doing too? But there could also be having a different. They, they might have a different situation in front of their their, their face. So that's why I so, think, like, you gave me some great advice the other day. Um, I've got an episode called who are you? I think it's called, who are you taking your financial cues from? And it's, it's just that, right? We watch, we watch different people and we, we take cues from different people, but we don't know the backstory. We, we know nothing. They're, they're doing X with their money. So we want to do X with our money, but they don't have the same debt that we have. They don't have the same expenses that we have. They're, they're making a lot more money than us or less money than us. And, um, so we have to be very careful who we take financial cues from. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So were you were you going to say something? I felt yeah, like but I forgot. I, I forget what it was. My my laptop about died. So the, I would have been in very very big trouble if I my laptop died in the middle of this show. That that'd been terrible. We're, we're wrapping up here. We're wrapping. So up I had here, a, so. I forgot about it. But if it pops up, I'll uh, I'll think about it. Man, that's going to frustrate the crap out of me. What you were 
talking about. You have, you know, your your money for your for eighty year old Mitch. You had retirement your, account, your emergency fund, and your freedom account or independent account. Here it was, independent that it? account. That's it. That's independence. What I'm talking about. There you freedom, go. Freedom, liberty, right? Liberty, right? Because what does financial margin give us? What does savings? What does having savings give us? What does wealth give us? Independence, freedom of our time. Isn't that what we all want? To I mean, I do. I'm not one of these people who thinks that you know you should save a bunch of money so you can stop working and just just have recreation all the time. I think I think there's purpose to work. I think that any time if we have a skill we should we should look to to use that skill set. I think it's it's purposeful. And when people stop doing when people stop whether you make money or not, like you know, use it. And the the building wealth gives us the freedom to say, "You know what? I I'm really tired of grinding it out 45 50 hours, you know, a week. I really like what I do, but I think I'm going to go work. I might just go take a job part-time. Like my my dad, my dad, he my dad's semi-retired. He's practically retired. He he loves the insurance business. He works he works in our insurance agency and he does what he he loves talking to people. So he gets on the phone and says, "Hey, uh Mitch, so and this is what he loves to do. This is most people hate this. And this is I think why he's so successful. Hey, Mitch, I just want to tell you, man, your insurance went up like 25%." Like he has those conversations with people. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and he loves it. And and he serves people well. And it's purposeful. Um, but he's got financial margin. He's in a position where, like, you know what? I don't have to go and grind it out and and sell and 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 create the same type of revenue that I was when I was younger. Um so financial margin is about building wealth, it's about building financial security, and it's not something that just happens. You have to fight for it. I think that's I think that's exactly where I was where where I was kind of trying to lead you before my ADHD mind got off was, you know, the whole <laughs> giving it three years, you've got to fight to want to see that reaper reward. Um, yeah. you know, it might take you getting knocked down on the ground before you decide to start thinking. But I would highly advise you coming for someone who was down at that level three years ago. Don't 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 wait. Just, That's it. It was about it was about financial cues. Yes. We're talking about financial cues. We're talking yes. about. So I you learned some. I told you. I gave you some good advice. Apparently, that's recently. what that's that's what it was. Don't wait until don't wait until yesterday to start thinking about your future because you should have your plan in place prior to making those financial decisions. If you don't know what you want in the future, you don't have your personal your, vision your versus personal business vision. vision. Correct. And your yep. personal vision yep. does not add up with what your current state of mind or what your current state of work is and, and whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, yep. you, you got to figure that out or nothing's going to work. So here, here's context to that for y'all y'all listening, wondering what, what Mitch is talking about. So uh, uh, this was specific in the business sense, but I think this can apply to, to most people. Sure. That if you're building a business or starting a business, most business owners will create a business vision. And there's this idea that if we have our own business, we have got freedom and we've got you know, we, 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 we've, you know, as a business owners, we have freedom over our time, but the reality is we don't necessarily, what's really important is that before you create your business vision, um, you should create your personal vision. What do I want? I, I'm creating a business because I want to have the freedom of my time. Then when you go back and build your business model, your business model better align with that personal vision of have freedom, having freedom of time. Um, so what does that look like? Having a staff, Right, using technology to to create margin time, margin of time. You know, leveraging certain resources or certain tools that are going to allow you to 
have more freedom of your time. Whatever your personal vision is, your business model should support that. So that's good, man. And any man, any closing thoughts on financial margin? Is, is there is there one thing, one thing that you heard like, man, that was, dude, I'm 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 putting that I'm putting that in my front pocket because I don't want to take it from me. I'd say for sure, um, making making those whether that's a financial margin or whether that's personal margin, making sure that those are a priority, um, and and especially as you get older, you grow and. Those, if, depending on where you have your financial, where you have, where you want those, or where you might have those margins, um, is just don't forget about those things because things could change, and you might need to re-figure out where those. You know, maybe maybe you need to take money and put it in this 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 way or somewhere else. You need to move it this this place um, because of specific your reasons of needing those margins have changed. I mean, you as you change, the businesses change, everything changes. So as you yep. evolve, stay pay close attention to your investments, whether it's liquid or just, you know, like you said, in, 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 uh, an IRA or a 401k, whatever it is, make sure that you're having those conversations, I guess, because I'm one that's the last four years have just let mine go. I haven't, that's not good. You, man. you, you know, you talking like, all financially. it's not, it's not like good. That. So, I but like you've that, that I, that's what I've learned from talking to you, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, just having talks, you know, Mitch, I'm incredibly thankful that you have nothing better going on today than to than to chat with me. Mitch is only better. I gotta pick up my kids. Mitch is a busy dude. Mitch is a busy dude, y'all. But but you have margin in your in your space. And I called you up and said, dude, what are you doing this afternoon? I don't want to talk alone on the microphone. And you're like, let's hop on in a couple hours. So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks for um, making this more interesting. Y'all sure. fight for financial margin. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated.